Welcome to the 100th episode of the Union Strong podcast. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. I'm proud. I'm proud. I am proud. I'm proud to be Union Strong. To be Union Strong. Be Union Strong. Be Union Strong. I'm a teacher, and I'm Union Strong. I wouldn't have it any other way. For the 100th episode, we looked around to see what was happening right now in the union movement. And what's happening is the biggest strike in Hollywood in 15 years. The Writers Guild of America, East and West, are out on strike. 11,500 members on the picket line. On this podcast, we're going to talk to the executive director of the Writers Guild of America East, Lowell Peterson, about why they're out on the picket lines and what's next. But first, to commemorate the 100th episode of the Union Strong podcast and to look to the future of how to keep us Union Strong is the president of the New York State AFL-CIO, Mario Salento. Mario, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Darcy. And here we are. It's our 100th episode, so that's why we wanted to have you on. Um, and we have Liz here with us. We brought on and we started doing, uh, Liz does the editing, as you know, and um, has done a great job because we've added video and she's learned how to do all of that. And it, I think it really helps. Yeah. Thanks, Darcy. It's great to be here with you both. It's been so wonderful to be a part of this project and a part of the team. Um, so we were looking back at some of the podcasts and how um, how they were coming along and what were the more popular ones. And one of the most popular was COVID relief for workers, which you were our guest. I remember the episode. I'm sure my appearance on the show had nothing to do with the ratings, (laughs) but I will just say I do. And I think that's really why we began this show in the first place, was to get as much information out to our members and the general public as possible. And we, as you recall, Darcy, we were looking, we were exploring different methods and ways to make sure that labor's message was heard. And at that point in time, four years ago, uh, I thought we started to really blaze a trail here in the state for our affiliates to also look at this and look down the path of having podcasts and just new and exciting ways to, to reach your members in their homes or wherever they are, mm-hmm. on vacation, sitting on a beach. If they want to listen to the podcast, they can do that. If they're uh, on a Sunday morning, just sitting down, you know, you know, just composing themselves, how do I uh, access information that will let me know what's going on in the labor movement, what's going on in the world of public life when it comes to working men and women? So I want to thank you both, Dar- uh, Liz, Darcy, for, for really making this a fantastic success. A hundred episodes um, probably went a little quicker for me than it did for you, considering all the work <laughs> that you put into this. But um, we've made great strides. I know that I have uh, affiliate members come up to us and tell us, uh, come up to me. Mm-hmm. And, and just say, hey, we listen to the podcast. Or we've had some people, as you know, some board members come up and say, we'd like to be on the podcast. Right. We have issues That's we great. want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So that means people are talking about it. It means that our members are talking about it. It means that labor leaders are talking about it. It means that elected officials know that it's out there as well. And I think anytime you can really make the most of the two and a half million members we have, because that's what we're really talking about Mm -hmm. here. You know, it's great to have two and a half million members. It's great that one out of every seven union members in the country comes from the state of New York. It's great that uh, close to 24% of the workforce is organized in the state, which is twice the national average. All those things are great, but those numbers, as great as they are, are useless and they are meaningless and they are worthless unless everyone's working off of the same page and working out of the same playbook, coordinating what we're doing, public sector unions, private sector unions, building trade union, unions, Buffalo to Brooklyn to Long Island, and everywhere in between. We have to be on the same message. We have to be able to 
willingly share information with each other that helps us do our jobs better, which is ultimately being able to support the needs and concerns of working people, to raise the standard of living and the quality of life for working people. And most people would not uh, connect a podcast mm-hmm. to that objective. But believe me, in order to make this two and a half million member organization and movement in this state worthwhile and mean something that tangibly helps people, it's about all of us getting on that same page. Right. And this, this uh, uh, podcast has been um, a real conduit toward getting there and, and bringing people together. So, again, I thank you both for what you're doing, um, and I look forward to the next 100, 200, 500 episodes. <laughs> we'll see. And on that note, um, so we wanted to do the 100th episode on something we think people are thinking of for the future, and that is artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. what's that going to mean to working people. Um, and I know that's come up in the strike recently with the Writers Guild, and we've been watching that closely, and I know you've been in contact with them as well. And, mm-hmm. and this is kind of gives us an opportunity to get people involved and to support those folks who are out on strike right now. Absolutely. Look, it's a threat. It's a threat to them. It's a threat to actors. Uh, and, and ultimately, we're talking again about working men and women possibly losing their jobs through automation. Right. And that's the greater piece here. So we have to be careful about that, and, and we support the writers 100%, mm-hmm. and we're going to be out there on the lines with them throughout for as long as it takes. And in terms of this podcast, yeah, the more people that can be aware of what's going on there, what the real issues are, uh, I think it will help us to gain uh, support for our uh, brothers and sisters and family members of the Writers Guild. All right. Well, we look forward to having you on for the 200th episode then. Uh, Mark sure, me before. Down. <laughs> Mark me down. Thanks. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, Darcy. Joining me on the podcast now is the executive director of the Writers Guild of America East, Lowell Peterson. Lowell, thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. And welcome back to the Union Strong podcast. Uh, We last spoke three years ago now. We were talking about the television diversity uh, tax credit, and now we're talking about a strike, a historic strike. Um, So I wanted to get right into it because I think that you were actually out on a picket line uh, earlier today, right? Oh, yeah. I'm out uh, as, many, as many hours a day as I can possibly uh, do, and I've got members out there longer than I do, so I'm, I'm inspired by that. I bet you are. So let's talk about how you got here, because whenever we talk about the decision to go out on strike, to walk the picket line, that's a major decision. It's not one that's taken lightly, but I know that you had overwhelming support from your members. So can you talk about how you got to this point today? Yeah, well, you know, we, we've been preparing for these negotiations for quite a long time because the members have been telling us something is broken in this job. Something is broken for television and, and movie writers. And when I say television and movie writers, I include the people who write stuff that you watch on the streaming services like Netflix. And in fact, some of what is broken is because the industry has invested billions of dollars to remake itself as basically a bunch of streaming services, video on demand, uh, shows on demand. Uh, shorter seasons of television, uh, shorter periods of employment, uh, pay rates falling. Literally, TV writers have seen a decline in pay relative to inflation of about almost 25% over the, in the past 10 years. So that, that's crazy because the profits of the studios are, are skyrocketing. I mean, they, these are extraordinarily profitable companies. I, I'm sure they have ups and downs, but uh, we're talking about companies that generate literally tens of billions of dollars in profits, and they're not sharing them with the writers. They're not sharing them with anybody else in the business either, and uh, there are other negotiations coming up, but we are, 
we're sort of on the front lines here. So for, for a long time, our members have said, we need to do something so that we can actually sustain our careers, uh, so that we can maintain our health benefits, so that we can pay our rent in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and elsewhere. We have thousands of members in New York, and as you know, it is not a cheap place to live. So uh, we've been gearing up for a long time to come up with proposals that really would, would be meaningful, that would actually say, all right, you can maintain this career, you can send your kids to school, you can, you can pay your bills, and, and not wonder whether you're going to have another gig like an Uber driver day to day. Uh, and we presented these, we've spent a lot of time at the bargaining table uh, with the companies, the Association of Motion Picture and Television Producers, and they basically stonewalled us. They didn't want to talk about, we, we made some gains in some areas. I don't want to be unfair. We made some gains in some areas, but the core areas, which is we want to make sure enough members are working long enough to make, make a living at this. They, they didn't want to talk to us. You know, a, a good example for New Yorkers, because there's a lot of these late night shows, like, you know, Colbert and Fallon and, and, and Seth Meyers and so forth, that they, uh, a lot of that's going to go into streaming. So our current contract has no protections for people who are in streaming. Uh, so we said, look, just take the TV terms, put them over in the streaming world. Simple proposal. Absolutely not. In fact, the companies backpedaled and said, in fact, we want to be able to hire comedy variety writers on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, this is unheard of in the entertainment industry. You can't live day to day. You have to have, in comedy variety, the minimum engagement is 13 weeks, which by itself is not, doesn't pay your rent, but at least you have a three week gig. So it's, anyway, I'm a long story short is, members said to us, this thing is broken, go fix it. We went, we went to negotiate with the studios. They said, we're not fixing anything. So, as you said, we had a, just like a hair's breadth short of 98% yes vote on a strike authorization and we went back to negotiations and we thought the studios would say oh my god these people are serious but they didn't so we've been out for over a week now uh thousands of writers on the picket lines not just writers i have to tell you we're getting members from lots of other unions from the crew unions iatsi from the drivers unions the teamsters the actors are out with us directors musicians laborers teachers you name it 32BJ is going out with us tomorrow. We've got just such solidarity across across the labor movement. A lot of it helped by the CLC and, and the state fed and the national fed. So what started as writers being all pumped up really has touched a nerve. And everybody working in the entertainment industry is pumped up right now. They're even honoring our picket lines, which is uh, a tremendous show of solidarity and sacrifice. And we're tremendously grateful for it. Absolutely. And is it one of the other issues um, that we keep hearing about, too, is AI and what that means for this industry. That's a key issue as well, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, we're probably like most Americans, you know, six months ago, we would have said AI. Yeah, it's probably something. But, you know, well, who knows? It's, it's probably not going to develop. Now we really understand that it is a threat, a threat to writers, it's a threat to, well, it's a threat to workers, you know, uh, taking jobs. So we have serious proposals that basically say AI can't take our jobs. They can't, you can't create literary material, you can't write scripts, you can't force us to take second seat to an AI. And again, the company said, no, in fact, the company said, we don't want to even talk to you about it because this might be a technology we want to use. If that sense chill down your spines, boy, whew. So, yeah, AI is a big one. 
And they're even saying things like, um, well, we can kind of look at this later because we don't really know everything yet, which is really dangerous, right? You've got to kind of get out in front of it. You don't want to be behind. Yeah, two things. When, when they tell us that they want to use it, but they don't want to talk to us about it, except once a year in a study group, the alarm bells go off. The other thing is, just talking about it in a study group once a year, which is, you're right, that's what they proposed. Boy, that is not, AI is gonna be all over the place in a lot less than a year. So the time to talk about it is now, and, and, and it's gotta be, you know, with protections in a contract, not just a jab fest. You know, we, we're writers, we can talk till the cows come home, but that's not gonna solve the problem. You need to have protections, a backstop against this kind of incursion into our work right now and not uh, having a nice seminar and a coffee clutch. Study, as they say. So then what kind of impact is this having? Because you had really an immediate impact, didn't you? Once you made the decision to go out and strike, get on the picket line, you impacted the industry, how? Well, the first people that stopped working were the late night shows that I talked about. Uh, the hosts are, are members, you know, they've been very supportive. Also, think that the writers' demands are not unreasonable. These are our writers, and I'll stick myself in there because I'm WGA too, and they're so important to our show. Without these people, this show would be called The Late Show with a guy rambling about the Lord of the Rings and boats for an hour. Uh, they're not working. Their, their writers' room shut down. You can't do a late-night comedy show without a full writers' room. The jokes just don't write themselves. Uh, so that was the first, the front lines, the, the late night shows shut down. Um, some other shows stopped production because they didn't have enough scripts. And I will tell you, we've been shutting down productions even when they do have scripts that were written before the strike uh, because crew and, and drivers are, are just refusing to cross the picket line. This is, uh, I think, pretty much unprecedented. Uh, so there's an awful lot of disruption happening right now. And it's only going to continue because eventually, even on those shows we haven't been able to get pickets to, which is not very many, but some, you know, they're going to run out of stuff. You can't, you can't create a show without a script, and you can't create a script without writers, and the writers are not writing. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's accelerating, this, the impact on the industry. And we all enjoy these shows. We all get addicted to these shows. You know, we, we look forward to them all the time. So we want to see them to continue, obviously. But this just, I think it speaks to just how serious this is and showing that kind of, that solidarity you're seeing from everybody else and just how important this is to the writers. They don't want to be out there. You don't want to be on strike. You never want to be on strike, but it's that important. I think that, that people need to be reminded of that. So just in closing, um, you, you mentioned the solidarity. Anybody watching this or listening, Listening. What can people do to just really keep expanding the support? How can they help? Well, there's a couple things. One is that people are welcome to join our picket line. So you can go to our website, uh, wgaeast.org, and there's a link that will click you. You just click on it, and they'll tell you where to show up. We're out every day, all day. Uh, right now, the pickets are mostly in the five boroughs, Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. Well, the Bronx. Uh, we'll have some upstate, we'll have some in New Jersey, we'll have some on Long Island. So Picket Line is welcome. We're going to have some rallies. I hope people can turn out for the rallies. And, you know, listen, let your, you let your elected reps know that you support the writers, too. The industry depends on support, particularly in New York State, in the form of tax credits uh, and overall political support. So if, if the elected leaders of our state and our country know that the the viewers are, are angry and they want the studios to stop playing games and to sit down and negotiate a fair contract. I think that would be helpful. 
Um, we, we're doing some fundraising too to make sure that the that people can uh, make ends meet during this difficult time. So all that stuff will be on our website, wgaeast.org, and uh, and thank you in advance. Well, Lowell Peterson, thank you. I know it is a busy time for you. You're probably going to be back on the picket line shortly. Um, our yep. president, Mario Salento, I know you spoke with him recently. He has given you all our support. We're going to be out there on the lines with you as well. So uh, best of luck to you. Stay union strong. And thank you again. And thank you. I, I talked to Mario just an hour ago. So his support and the support of the whole Fed has been just heartwarming and really powerful. So thank you. Joining me on the podcast is our communications and campaigns coordinator, Liz O'Neill. Hi, Liz. Hi, Darcy. And also the editor of this uh, the podcast, so thank you for that. Um, so Lowell had a lot of information on how people can get involved, and we'll make that available to people as well? Yeah, absolutely. We'll put the uh, information on how people can help out in the show notes. Um, we'll put links to their social media in there. Also, there is a ton of information on their social media, the most up-to-date stuff. So if you want to be uh, up-to-date on the strike, that's where you can go. Okay, thanks. And now we talked about this is our 100th episode. Uh, so here we go into the next 100, 200, whatever it's going to be. And we're going to continue to talk about AI because it's such a hot topic. Yeah, we've got another episode on AI coming up, so stay tuned for that. And for the next 100 episodes, we'd love to know what all of our listeners want to hear about. So we're going to put a survey in the show notes also. So if you've got anything that you'd love to hear about on the Union Strong podcast, let us know and we'll see what we can do. All right. That sounds great. And, you know, we, before we uh, sign off, too, we want to remind people, um, if, if you're on our website, we also have some events coming up uh, with the Yankees and the Mets. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we've got four chances to see some baseball games with your Union Strong family um, this summer. There are three Yankee games for Union Strong weekend, and then um, Labor Day weekend is uh, the Mets game at City Field. So we've got all that information on our website. There's discounted tickets. They come with a T-shirt. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it will be. So make sure you check that out. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Darcy. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.